Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning and welcome to Transformation Church. It is good to see all of you today. And man, we are so excited about our Christmas season and Christmas series, God with us. And so I'm going to have you say this a couple times today. So I'm going to go ahead and just get it in your spirit out of the gate. Say, God with us. You sound great. Look at your neighbor and say, You look fantastic today. Did you lose a few pounds? There it is. Joy in your hearts. You're welcome. Anyway, so, man, we are excited. We're jumping straight into part two of our God With Us series. And if you're new with us, my name is Brad Livingston. I'm the lead pastor here at TC. And so we're so honored that you chose to be with us. And so many amazing things are coming up around the corner. We're going to put those on your radar in a few minutes. But before we do that, we just want to jump straight into what we have for you today. So uh, I want to tell you the story of this explorer. His name was Ernest Shackleton. And so uh, Ernest had this great idea that he wanted to cross the continent of Antarctica, by a boat, all right? Now, in the summer months, you could actually accomplish this feat. And so he set out with his men to, uh, to accomplish this great feat, to get across the continent of Antarctica by boat. And so as he did it, uh, they found themselves towards the end of the summer months uh, to, at a place where the ice froze the boat in place and they could no longer go any further. They actually had to get off the boat, and, and the boat's name was Endurance, and it sank. So let that uh, irony set in for you for a moment. As they got off the boat, um, they realized that they were 1,200 miles off course. So any search and rescue mission that was going to come looking for them was not going to know where to start. And so uh, they quickly realized, and Ernest quickly realized, that he was going to have to go get help himself. And so uh, they set out him. Uh, they put all of their men in a set of boats, uh, life rafts, actually. And they made an 800-mile journey to an island where once they got to the island, they knew that they would never get found there at that island. And so uh, he... And a small group of the people uh, that he trusted the most, they took four weeks of supplies because they knew if it took longer than four weeks, uh, then they, everyone would perish and they had no chance. And so they made another journey to this island that had a rescue center on it. And as they charted their course and made their way to the island, when they landed on the island completely exhausted, they found out they were on the other side of the mountain from the rescue camp. And so Ernest and his crew strap on their book bags and they go on a 36-hour hike over a mountain in the snow, make it all the way to the camp, uh, and that is where they, he then builds a rescue team, goes back and rescues every one of the sailors that went with him, and not a single person perished in that story. And the reason that I tell you that story is because how many of us know that sometimes we find ourselves off course from where we thought we would be? How many of us have ever found ourselves in a storm where the storm blew us way off course from where we thought we would be, where we planned on being? Or any of us ever just look in the mirror and quite frankly go like, this is not what I had in mind when I pictured my life. See, life has a way of getting us all off course, but today we want to talk to you about what happens when God is with us in our storms, because we want to talk a little bit about storms and 
stillness. As we get ready to go there, Matthew 123, our theme verse for this whole series, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, I want you to say these three words with me, God with us. And what we want you to understand today is that even though you've found yourself in so many places where it seems like a storm may get you off track, God with you in the storm is the greatest thing you could ever have. And so I'm super excited about the Christmas services that are around the corner. And so I've got a neighbor that I invited uh, from, he's a next door neighbor at the house we were at before this one, but we're still really close. And, and I invited them. They're coming to Christmas by the Bay. We have a few people, some waiters and waitresses that I've met over the last four weeks that uh, have said that they're coming to our Christmas services next Sunday morning and they're coming to Christmas by the Bay. And so I want to encourage you, man, uh, grab some of these invite cards. Some of you should have got them on the way in the door. Um, so you may have them already. If not on the way out, they're in the handout card stand. They're everywhere out in the hall way. And it's just the Christmas by the Bay invite cards. And I want to encourage you guys, man, grab some of these and give them to somebody, a waiter, a waitress, a friend, a neighbor. Here's the reason why. Not only do we know we're in storms, but how many of you know someone that's in a storm? Guess what? They don't need more of anything else in this world. They need more of God to step into their life. And so here's the thing. You can help be the hope to bring Jesus into the life of someone. And so these services that are going to be happening next weekend, next Sunday and Monday, is going to be an amazing opportunity for you to put the card in someone's hand this week and invite them to a service. And I believe that if each one of us do that, man, God will be smiling down from heaven at this church and seeing what is happening here because people's lives are being changed. And there is no greater thing that God wants for us than to make an impact in the life of someone else. And so I want to invite you, grab an invite card and give it away. But how many guys know we experience God differently according to what season we're in in life, don't we? So we talked in week one about this in this series that we may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know him intimately in the valleys. That even though things look good on the mountaintop, it's when we get into low places of our life that we really get to know God. I put out a tweet yesterday that says, when the, when the pain of a sinful world stares deep into your soul, you have two choices. One, you give up on the version of God that you've created in your own mind. Or two, you fall in love with Jesus and the redemptive power over this world that he can bring. And so that is what happens when we get into our storm. The second thing we learned in week one is that God never promised you wouldn't go through the valley. He promised you wouldn't go through the valley alone. And so God may bring you through tough circumstances, but as we've seen in Matthew 1.23, and we're going to say over and over again, he's God with us. So even when you go through something, he's God with us. So uh, before 1954, they would name storms after different landmarks, different land masses, continents, stuff like that. And in 1954, the meteorologists got together and came up with a brilliant idea. Let's name these storms after our wives and girlfriends. Now, surely there was no woman around to say, fellas, it's a terrible idea. Because could you imagine coming home and be like, baby, there's a Category 5, and it's going to wreak havoc on everything it touches. And guess what? I've named it after you. You are sleeping on the couch, my friend. So they started naming it after women. And then in 1979, uh, Equal Rights for Storms came abroad. 
And they started naming it after men and women. And, uh, and then even since then, now they retire storm names that are severely catastrophic, right? So if it's really bad, there will never be another Hurricane Ivan that pops up uh, for meteorologists or Katrina or so on uh, because they have retired those names um, because I don't ever want to hear another storm called Hurricane Ivan in my life. Listen, people that, didn't even, people that claimed to be atheists met Jesus during Hurricane Ivan. But the reality is this. We talk about naming storms, but unfortunately, some of you are in a storm right now. And you're even tempted to name your storm. Maybe some of you are going through storm depression. Maybe some of you are going through storm divorce. Maybe some of you are going through storm financial struggle. Storm sickness. Storm health problems. Right? Maybe some of you are going through the storm of losing your job. And the reality is that we can never allow the presence of a storm cause us to doubt the presence of God. You see, going through a storm takes great courage. It is courageous, but here's the thing. There are some storms that we have created for ourselves, and then there are some storms that God has just chosen to put us on. And as we go through them, we can't allow the presence of a storm. We can't allow the presence of the circumstances. We can't let the circumstances in life dictate to us whether or not we believe God is present with us. God's goodness isn't measured by your circumstances. God's goodness is measured at the cross where Jesus gave his life. And so how many guys know that life is a constant rotation of storm and stillness? You're either going into a storm, in the middle of a storm, or coming out of a storm. Can I get an Amen. And if you're coming out of the storm, guess what you're getting ready for? A storm. Because the world is crazy, right? And so we pick up in Acts 27 where our story is today. And Paul is a prisoner. So he's a prisoner. That's bad enough, right? But he gets on a boat and the boat goes into the storm. So now he's a prisoner in a storm. How many of y'all ever caught back-to-back storms? Right? Where you're like, oh, man, it can't get no worse than, oh, wow. Apparently it can. And that's kind of where we find Paul in Acts 27. And it describes the storm like this. It lasted days and days. Acts 27, 20 says this, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. In other words, the storm was so bad. The clouds, the rain, the storm, you couldn't see the sun nor the stars for days. It continued raging. And Paul says this, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Anybody ever found yourself giving up all hope of being saved? Like giving up hope. I know I found myself there, and here's the reality. If you have found yourself there, then the hope that we have, we want to introduce to you today. But some of you know people who are there. You know people. You can think of someone right now who is without hope in the middle of a storm. That person, I want you to think about them. Get the picture of them in your brain. I want you to take them an invite card this week. Send them a text message. Tag them on Facebook. Hit them on Instagram. Whatever you got to do. But get uh, the hope to them and get them here next weekend. And let's watch God do something amazing in their life. Because the reality is, giving up hope isn't an option. Because we know where hope is found. So let's go back to Acts 27 and pick up what's going on with Paul. So Paul stood up before them and said, Men! You should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have have spared yourselves this damage and loss. 
How many of y'all know somebody right now that every time you go through a storm, they got something to say? How many of y'all got someone that's like, well, what you shouldn't have done was go over here like, Susan, mind your business. Right? We all got somebody. We all know a friend that likes to stand up and say, I told you you shouldn't have done that. And we're like, I will knock you out right now. What's the last thing you want to hear when you're in the middle of a storm? I told you so. Like, let me tell you what's about to happen. But you want to know what the reality is? People may not do that to us. But if we're all honest with each other and with ourselves, we'll acknowledge that God has a right to say that to us a lot. Because how many times do we blindly and voluntarily walk into the very storm that God tried to get us out of? God says, I told you not to date him. I told you not to marry her. I told you not to take that job that would cause your family to have to miss church for six straight months. You could never be there on a Sunday. You could never serve. You could never be in a small group. And now you got the job. You got the raise. You bought the nice house and your marriage is a wreck. Your kids are wild and you're as far from me as you've ever been in your life. But at least you got that career you wanted. Sometimes we walk into storms that God tries to get us out of. And that's what Paul is saying in Acts 27. He's like, I told you. The same way God looks at us sometimes. And can we all raise our hand and say, been there, right? Now, this, ain't, this ain't a y'all thing. This is an us thing. Where God looks at it and say, I told you. And so what happens is we end up there. In Acts 27, 22 through 23, Paul says this, but now I urge you to keep up your, say that word with me, courage. Because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. But last night, an angel of God, of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me. And man, that's a powerful picture that we need to grab a hold of about what's happening in the storm. You see, Paul is in the storm and, and, and Paul's in the storm he didn't ask to be in. As a matter of fact, he makes it pretty plain that he told them in the chapters or in the verses before, don't go. And then they go anyways. And then they end up there and he's like, I told you not to go. And so he's in the storm and he said, I told you not to go here, but even though I didn't want to be here, even though we didn't want to be here, even though you didn't see this storm coming, let me tell you the good news. And the good news is that regardless of what's going on right here and what's going on right now, God sent an angel to be with me because he's God with us. And he sent an angel to be with me. And now that he has come, he told me not to worry, take courage because he's going to get us through this. And I'm here to tell some of you today that you may be going through something difficult. You may be going through a struggle, but I'm here to tell you that God has sent us here to give you this message that it may be hard and you may not have asked to be in this storm, but God is with you and you can get through it. So we pick back up in 23, 24, and he lays out the rest of the verse. He says, for last night, an angel of the God of whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me, and he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. And that was what he had already been promised would happen. In other words, he was saying, don't worry, you're going to get through this. You're going to get to where you got to go. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God, and it will be just as he said. And for some of you, 
God's not just going to take you through it. He's going to take the people that are on the journey with you through it. For some of you, you're going through this storm so that they can be on a journey with you to watch God deliver you from the things they didn't trust God to deliver them from. And God wants to take you on this journey. The word courage means the ability to do something that frightens us. Strength in the face of fear, pain, or grief. You want to know what I used to be afraid of that I thought was going to be a much bigger deal than it really turned out to be? Quicksand. As a child, I had a whole plan for what would happen if I got into quicksand. I really feel like cartoons pitched this like it was going to be a bigger deal. You want to know what I'm not afraid of? I, I, uh, I, my wife sometimes likes, so she used to like to watch scary movies. Any scary movie people in here, you like to watch scary movies? So I don't, I'm not a big fan of scary movies. Number one, if I get scared, I can shift tectonic plates if I move too quickly. You know what I'm saying? So I'm a big dude. Anyway, so, but I, I don't like to watch scary movies. I don't like to get frightened and all this stuff. There, there's two reasons why I don't watch scary movies because they fall into two categories. One is like the spiritual, demonic kind of scary. I don't play with that. Ain't letting that in my house. No, sir. Okay. I'm a pastor. I haven't seen too much real stuff to be dabbling in that. The second one is like the, the killer with the knife kind of stuff. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I don't mean to get too crazy, but you know what I'm saying. You want to know why that don't scare me? Because we are in the South. I got a number of reasons in my house right now. That person don't want to walk through my front door. All right. I ain't going to get political. I'm just saying you better start somewhere else. All that to say, you want to know what really scares me? What really scares me are the things in life that don't look anything like what we think fear is. What scares me are the things in my life that I haven't been able to control. What I'm really afraid of is not knowing what God's plan is for me and not knowing what he's going to do when I'm in the storm. But what I've learned over my years and what I hope you get from today is that being fearful in the storm isn't a bad thing. Taking courage in who's in the storm with you is the good thing. I remember I lost my very first fight. Uh, I was a bit of a brawler as a teenager, liked to get into fights. And I remember I started and lost my first fight on the same night. It was the same fight. And so I used to hang out with some boys. When I, in my teenage years, I got into a lot of trouble. I was hanging out with some of my boys. I was way younger than they were. I was 14. They were like 18, 19, 20. I was hanging out with the guys way older than I, doing stuff I never should have been doing. And so I was hanging out one time, and we were at this pool hall, playing pool. And so we were all hanging out. And, and, uh, and so this guy stares me down, and I'm like, hey, bro, you got a problem? He was looking at me like, who let this 14-year-old kid in here? And so uh, I asked him again. I was like, man, this dude is staring me down. So I asked him again. I was like, you got an issue, man? We can handle it. This dude was big, y'all. Big. Big. So I was like, you got a problem? Finally, he got tired of me talking. He's like, yeah, I got a problem. I was like, let's handle it then. So I go back at my boys. Y'all see where this is going, right? I said, fellas, let's do this. 
And I remember the guy who was kind of like, if you will, the leader, the one that was kind of the most influential in our group. And he was like, uh, no. I was like, bro. It was like, you got yourself into this. Like, your mouth got you in trouble, and now you're going to handle this on your own. Y'all, listen, this dude beat the crap out of me. I was going to, like, lie at this part of the story and be like, but I handled it. You know, it's not true. I didn't. He, he really beat me. Anyways, but it taught me a lesson that day. Don't ever start something you can't finish on your own. I think got nothing to do with this story, except maybe some of y'all in that boat. Nonetheless, I remember being in that position, and you know what I realized? When I went looking for a storm, it wasn't hard to find one. And I didn't have help in the storms that I created the way I wanted help. Now, if it got real bad, I'm sure my boys would have jumped in. But at the end of the day, I went looking for a storm and it took me out. But anytime a storm came looking for me, they had my back. Can I tell you something? You go creating storms for yourself. God's with you. He just going to let you learn a few things. But when the storms of life come blowing your boat that you didn't see coming, you can have confidence in who's got your back. Because he's God with us. That's why it's important to have people who are on your side. And, and we got a story of my man, Nate, uh, who joined a small group last semester. And small groups are coming up in a few weeks after the first of the year. But we want to go ahead and put it on your mind that small groups are the greatest way you can get through your storm when it comes to people on earth. You need Jesus on your side, but you need people on your side too. And we want to tell you about how Nate found some people that were on his side. Go ahead and roll it, guys. My name is Nathan Popejoy, and I'm from Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania. So my story begins, graduated high school, and then um, I was going to go to college for civil engineering. So I had my student ID, ready to go to college, and then I saw my brother graduate from boot camp in uh, Great Lakes, Illinois, and I thought that was so cool. It made me want to join the Navy. He was in the Navy, so, so I said, Mom, I want to join the military. And she said, I think that's such, a, that's such an honorable thing. And so. Um, I went off to boot camp, and, uh, which was in Great Lakes, Illinois, and then my first assignment was in Norfolk, Virginia on the USS Baton. It's, um, it's a big ship, it carries around Marines, um, and they do amphibious landings. I did that in Norfolk for three years, and then from there I got to, I picked orders to Pensacola, Florida, and now I'm here. So I started coming to Transformation Church um, in early August. Tried a couple churches that just didn't seem right, and then I came to Transformation Church, and. Um, I prayed about it and it just felt like home. There's something about it where it's just a different atmosphere and it was just amazing. John Sapp came up to me, uh, I think it was like the second or third time I went, and he asked me to come and join. The, I don't think the small group started yet. It was just like a bunch of the young adults hanging out at um, a Anthony Tregoning's house. I went and it was, I had a great time. And then found out that, you know, it was actually a small group, the young adults um, hang out. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna join that. It, it was awkward at first for me, maybe not for everybody else, but for me it was. You know, after that first little like bit of awkwardness, it just became like, everybody was like family. They treated me like family. Everybody was just so welcoming into the house. It was awesome. It made me feel really good. I'd say the most rewarding part is, is 
um, creating those relationships and creating community and um, cr having that encouragement in your life to uh, lift you up. And I was praying that you know God will put the certain people in my life that need to be there that will help me grow in my faith and, and my walk. Transformation Church in that small group is the answer to my prayers with the relationships that I have, and you know because I've grown in my faith immensely just by going to that small group and, and, and being surrounded by other Christians that are just constantly encouraging and pouring into your cup. So one of the major things that I've come across in these small groups is. Um, the military members within the small groups. Um, it has definitely helped uh, having someone that you can talk to about work and everything and everything you guys go through. It's kind of a, they understand what you what you do and what you have done um, in the military. So uh, Ty has been definitely a, a huge encourager and um, it's just really cool. And we're in a golfing small group together uh, with uh, Chris Eccles. Um, he's awesome. Honestly, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for small groups and, and the friendships that I have. That man is outlandish, y'all. Yeah, absolutely. You can put your hands together for him. And uh, so here's the reality, man. We need, we need people on our side that's going to help us in these storms. We're all going to go through them. We just need people. And I'll even say this. We need the right people. Any of y'all ever got the wrong people on your boat before? So we need the right people. But here's the reality. When we're in our storms... We got to put our confidence in the creator, not in the creation. In the creator, not in the creation. Here's our temptation. You start going through a financial burden. You start going through a storm that's financially, financially tearing you apart. What's your motivation, right? What, what is your tendency? It's, it's to work longer hours, to, to work harder, to get a second job. And maybe some of those things are what God has for you. But here's what I'm telling you. You don't need more finances. You need more God in your circumstances. Sometimes you, you, you are lonely or you're fighting depression and you go looking for people. And sometimes we even get the wrong people. But can I tell you something? There's no person that's going to fill that hole that you're looking to fill. The only person that can do it is God. And in the storm, you don't need to be putting, putting your eyes on the storm. You need to be putting your eyes on the person that controls the wind and the waves. When you're in the boat, you don't need to be looking at uh, needing a bigger boat. You don't need to be looking at needing a newer house. You don't need a better car. You don't need more whatever. You need the person that created the trees that they made the boat out of. You need the person that gave the engineers the minds to create everything that you're living in, that you're walking through, that you're driving. Hear me. There's nothing in this world that you need. You need more of God in your world. So often, at least my temptation is to try to find something that I need. Try to fill the storm. Try to counteract the storm. But Psalm 16, 8 says, I know the Lord is always with me. I won't be shaken for he's right beside me. Isaiah 41, 10 says, Do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. He says, I'm with you. Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and, there's that word again, courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord, your God, goes with you. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. In Joshua 1.9, we see that same thing again. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be, say those two words with me, with you. 
wherever you go. Some of you have heard the story of Jonah. Jonah, in the Bible, uh, he gets a mission from God, called to go reach this nation of people. And so uh, he says, nah, that ain't what I had in mind. And he goes a different way. And so as he goes a different way, he ends up on this boat. And as he's on the boat, a storm hits the boat. And so we pick up, we're going to read just a couple of verses out of this, Jonah 1, 12 through 16. So the captain comes to Jonah and he says, I need you to pray. And Jonah says, I already know the answer. He says, you got to pick me up and throw me into the sea. And then it'll become calm. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land. Anybody ever had God tell you to do this, but instead you tried to do that. Instead, they tried to row back to land, but they couldn't because the sea got even wilder than before. So then they took Jonah and threw him overboard. And the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord and they offered him a sacrifice and they made vows to God because God showed him who he was. And so often we like to put ourselves in the shoes of Jonah. And I've heard many pastors preach it before where they're like, you're, you're Jonah, God's calling you to a mission. And if you run from it, he'll do whatever he can to get you back on track. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you a secret. You're not Jonah. Jonah is Jesus. You see, even in the Old Testament, God gives us pictures of who Jesus would be. You see, uh, we are actually the men in the boat who's surrounded by a storm who is constantly sinking us. But the thing is, is the storm that is sinking our boat, it doesn't matter how hard you row, you're never going to get it on track. So you know what you needed? You know what I needed? We needed to let someone else pay the price for us so that our seas could become calm. Now, if you're familiar with the Bible, anybody remember how many days Jesus spent in the tomb? Three. Anybody remember how many days Jonah spent in the belly of a fish? Three. Anybody remember Jesus resurrects from the dead? And when he does that, he is set on mission to accomplish every single thing that God put him out to accomplish. For those of you that know the story of Jonah, the fish brings him out of his stomach and puts him right on the land that Jonah was sent to accomplish and put on mission to reach. You see, the reality is, as we're going on our boat and the storm is blowing us around, you can try to fight your way back to wherever it is you thought was good for you, but the storms are only gonna get wilder. You don't need to be stronger. You don't need to find more resources. You don't need more money. You don't need a better relationship. You don't need a new person. What you need is to look at the very person who's always been on the boat with you who's already paid the price. You see, you don't have to throw him overboard. He was thrown overboard 2,000 years ago. He was already put on the cross. He already paid the price. And your peace, your hope, your faith, it's all rooted in the one that gave it all. The Bible says he left the riches of heaven and became poor on this earth, lived the life so that you and I, through our faith in him, in Jesus, might become rich. 
eternally rich in heaven where our reward is at. And so maybe you're in a storm right now. I'm here to tell you that the hope that you need, his name is Jesus. Ernest Shackleton, the story we told you about of the explorer, you know what made him courageous? It wasn't that he accomplished what he set out to accomplish. Courage isn't found in those who set out, uh, that accomplished the things that they set out for. Courage is found in the ones that never give up on what really matters. And so I'm here to tell you today, don't give up on what matters. Don't give up on your story. Don't give up on your life. Don't give up on what you've come through and don't give up on what God's gonna do in your life. Don't give up on your future because of where you're going in your present. Look to what God wants to do in your life. As he carries you through the storm, let other people become part of your process. Grab an invite card, put it in somebody's hand and watch God do something amazing in their life. Why? Because courage for every single storm that you go through is found in Jesus. Matthew 1.23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, say it with me, God with us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you that you carry us through every storm. Even, God, when we thought that we were in control, God, and when we've even become angry, frustrated, resentful, and bitter, over what you've brought us through, God, I pray that you move on our hearts. So we thank you that you've never left us, even though maybe, God, we thought you did. You've never forsaken us, even though, God, maybe we felt like you have. You're still close by. So thank you if you're in this room and maybe that's you. Maybe you're in a storm. I just wanna pray for you right now that God would show himself to you in such a real way. So God, I just pray for every person that's in a storm right now. God, they find themselves in difficult, stormy waters and winds, God. And even like the men in the boat with Jonah, they've tried their hardest to row. They've tried their hardest to fight against the seas. They're doing everything they can and not realizing, God, that rest is found in you. Just like with Paul, he didn't have to fight his way through the storm. But God, you carried him through the storm. God, so carry these people. So Father, I just pray, God, that you do it in Jesus' name. If you're here today with your eyes closed, your head bowed, if you need Jesus in your life, you're here today and you say, man, I, I do need God on my side. I do need him in my storm. I do need to look to him. But your access to God comes through the life of Jesus. And when he went to the cross, he paid for your sins, my sins. And today, if you want to know him, today, if you want Jesus in your life, today, if you want a fresh start and a new beginning, today, if you want Jesus to forgive you and wash away your sins and give you a fresh start and a new beginning, the Bible says we repent of our sins, which means to turn away, never to go back. But then he says we put our faith in Jesus. He says if, if we would confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, that we could be saved. And so today, if that's you, you're ready for a fresh start with everyone's head bowed and your eyes closed in this place. You're ready for a new beginning in Jesus. Right where you sit, will you raise your hand and say, that's me, pastor. I need God in my life. 
I need, Brad, I just need a new start. Yes, awesome. Once you put it up, you can put it down. You say, that's me. I, need, I just need a new beginning. Awesome, yes. I just need God to step into my life. I believe in him. I just need, I need my sin to be gone. Maybe you're watching us online. You say, that's me. We need, I need a new beginning. And I believe in Jesus. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray this prayer together. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. Your faith in Jesus alone is what makes you saved. But we wanna pray and put words to the actions of our heart that says that we're putting our faith in Jesus today. And so I'm gonna invite the whole church to pray with us so that you're not praying by yourself, those of you that are putting your faith in Jesus today. And so TC, let's pray with our brothers and sisters. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross and I believe that you rose three days later through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection. I can be saved. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that pray that, perhaps for the first time. <clears throat> we celebrate with you. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.